thought you knew, but you have no idea. It's the Urban Sports Scene. You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Wole, Ray Jeezy, and Will T, part of Sports Journey. And you could at sportsjourney.com. Make sure you check us out at sportsjourney.com. We'll, we'll find, you'll find all kinds of sports content, especially for your DMV teams. Hey, what's going on, fellas? Taco Tuesday. Taco Tuesday. And it's one week since the election. <laughs> and just by the way, Taco Tuesday was invented a long time ago, way before certain people started saying it. For real? I tell you the arrogance of some people. But Are you serious? Good to be on the show with you guys. Wow, that was that was random. I, but, you know. <laughs> um, I'm glad to hear from you, Ray. Glad to hear from you, Wole. <laughs> Why you gonna hate you, dude? <laughs> Hey, Will, are you are you cleaning anything this week? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> nah, I'm chilling. Both I'm just chilling be scrubbing. Week, no nachos, no grande, or nothing. No, no, no nachos, no grande, none of that this week. It's no, it's it's, it's no, um, <laughs> it's no debate. So you know, I'm good. But wait, wait. oh, it is a debate. You're wrong. It's about to be on the show. <laughs> Prepare yourself, sir. What kind of debate you talk, what you talking about? What, what debate's gonna happen on the show? Like, what topic are you referring to, Ray? Oh, the Washington football team oh, making man. the playoffs. Playoffs? There ain't no debate here about that, bro. That's an <laughs> agreement. <laughs> That's an agreement. Uh, subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Uh, tweet us um, at Urban Sports Scene. Hit us up on our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Also, join our Urban Sports Scene Facebook group. Search Urban Sports Scene, sports bloggers, sports podcasters. And sports debates. Will T. Skin to our tradition of pregame. Here is what we have on tap. Uh, the Wash. We'll talk about the Washington football team losing to the Giants, twenty-three to twenty. I'm at eight twenty. We'll talk about Washington's upcoming game against the Detroit Lions at eight thirty-five. We'll discuss a report that multiple teams are willing to work a sign and trade deal uh, to get Washington Wizards forward Davis Bertans. Finally, we'll provide our in-depth analysis on WBC lightweight champ Devin Haney defeating Yuriokis Gamboa. Uh, but first, Sunday, the Washington football team fell to the New York Giants 23-20. to Alex Smith came into the game after Kyle, Kyle Allen suffered a dislocated ankle. Thoughts on the game and Smith's performance, Will T? Um, thoughts on the game. It, it was a, a game, a totally winnable game for Washington, um, even despite uh, Kyle Allen going out. Um, one of the things that uh, that's going to be interesting going forward, mm-hmm. um, you know, you have Alex Smith. Tradition, I mean, I'm not going to say traditionally. The perception amongst Alex Smith, amongst most football fans, is he's captain checkdown, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, within this Scott Turner offense mm-hmm. that we've seen, how he likes it, how he thinks it's most efficiently and optim- and from an optimal level is ran, the quarterback takes um, a lot of mid-range to deep shots down the field. Um, how are they going to correlate the you know, correlate a, a system from Scott Turner's system where um, Alex Smith feels comfortable and isn't 
taking as many deep shots down the field, or maybe that's something that Alex Smith feels comfortable doing is taking the deep shots, but we haven't seen that traditionally from him mm. as a quarterback in the NFL and, and have a lot of success. I don't know. I mean, other quarterbacks haven't really been taking deep shots throughout this whole season. I mean, that was been that's been a problem this season. A lot of people have been upset that this team hasn't taken any deep shots. So maybe he does fit in. Um, maybe I mean Scott Turner may be setting things up, but Dwayne Haskins uh, and even Kyle Allen, they really haven't taken that many deep shots. Um, you can name a handful. Alex Smith may have took more deep shots in that one game last week than both quarterbacks combined. So. It's going to be interesting to see, right? Because you're right. Uh, we've seen Alex Smith dink and dunk. That's been his thing. But, you know, Ron Rivera, to what, you know, he's always indicated that he doesn't want any turnovers. He wants to, you know, wants the quarterbacks to be safe with the football. And that's typically what Alex Smith has done in the past. But against the New York Giants, he did not do that. See, this is what I, and this, you know, and that's the, I guess, conundrum. Right. Mm-hmm. When we think about um, Ron Rivera as the coach, you know, Dwayne Haskins against the Baltimore Ravens threw three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Yeah. That was yanked. Yeah. But Alex Smith threw one touchdown, three interceptions. Um, he still gets the starting job going forward. So what's the message that you're sending to the team, to the fan base in general? Going forward, that's I, I, for me. That's you know what I'm trying to figure out. Um, and also, you know, in order for you to set up those deep shots, you have to have good pass protection, which mm-hmm. isn't something that we've seen this offensive line being able to do over the past uh, eight to nine weeks. Will T, it's time to debate, brother. You ready? Here we go. Yep. <laughs> so just, to, just to quickly respond to what you just said. Well, they remember what was reported about Dwayne Haskins following the Ravens game, how he was chopping it up, how yeah. he just seemed like he did not care about the fact that they just lost the football game. As for Terry McLaurin, who was another former Ohio State um, fo- football player, alum, whatever you want to call him, he went to the locker room after the game, disappointed about the loss, and moved on. Um, why is that significant? Because it's not necessarily about what Dwayne always did on the field. It's what he didn't do off the field that was the problem and is why he was demoted to number three. That's one thing. Number two is, I'm glad you brought up Ron Rivera. Well, another discussion that you and I had was, after the Tampa Giants game, we said, wow, Joe Judge had his team prepared to play. They nearly stole that game from one of the NFC's top teams. What will it look like, this coaching matchup between Joe Judge and Ron Rivera? Well, everybody has noted that the Washington football team came out flat, and that is a result of coaching, I believe, and the debate is this. Has there really been a culture change? Some people are saying, yeah, we can still see a difference between Ruth and Rivera. Can we really? Uh, I just, to me, if, you, if you're being fair, I mean, you just come, let's put it, let's compare two situations. This team is off the bye week. Suppose they just came off a W. They beat the, the Cowboys. Uh, they're playing the Giants team that, you know, everybody thinks is weak. Um, preparation is the key. Um, you saw what this team, how this team competed against. Talking about the Giants, how they competed against the, against Tampa, and this team starts off flat. We, if Jay was here, folks would say the same. Folks would say same old Jay. So if you look at it at the end of the day, after this bye week, he looked just like Jay. Like this team wasn't prepared. And I don't care anybody tells me they played sloppy. You can't tell me that this team didn't start the game sloppy. They couldn't protect. They were getting nothing but. They got a lot of penalties. Um, they fumbled the football. 
turnovers, five turnovers against the Giants. They couldn't turn over. They couldn't uh, force Daniel Jones to turn the football over, and he gives the football up. You're just so much coming after a bye week, thinking that you had. I mean, had, assuming that you. I mean, thinking that this team may have some type of momentum, and they look flat. And at the end of the day, when you compare what you saw with Jay after a bye week. And this in this situation, you, you're you're going to say same old, same old. The only difference I will say compared to Jay is that this team does seem to make halftime adjustments. Adjustments they do play better after you know after the I mean, after halftime. That's the only compare. That's the only difference that you can say. But at the end of the day, in terms of preparation, who's it like? Is he is he that much better than Jay right now? No, mm-hmm. I think with, with Jay at least. I think the biggest thing with Jay and at least had a perception that offensively Jay Gruden would devise a game plan to put them in the position to win, right? Mm -hmm. Whereas with Ron Rivera and Scott Turner, there are a lot of things that you question about an offensive game offensive game plan going into that game. Now, on the defensive side of the ball with Ron Rivera, you definitely, if you're a fan or just the general public who views the game, you definitely feel as if you there's a a higher level of competency of, being, of the players being coached on that defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a um, give and take, you know, like, with Jay, you thought offensively you would have a game plan to attack the defense. But with Ron Rivera, you feel as if defensively you'll get uh, – you have a, a solid game plan and you'll get effort from the players, which from this Sunday, to me, it didn't feel as if the players gave a hell of a lot of effort on the defensive side of the ball. One thing that I like what the Giants did was they came out and they exposed a young DB. And I feel as though that was smart in their game plan to attack a certain player who you knew didn't have the experience, that in-game experience, uh, to start the season. So I thought that was dope. I feel as though Washington – You're talking about Curl. That moving forward. You're referring to right, Curl. Cam Curl. Cam Curl. Okay. Uh, I just, I just, I'm just adding that note because when you're going against – especially division rivals, you have to exploit each and every weakness like you did against Dallas. You exploited that offensive line, which was great to see. You saw their quarterback play. You you dared them to run the football. I, I'm sorry, you dared them to pass the ball. So I feel as though moving forward, Washington needs a game plan like that. Secondly, we had this discussion about utilizing your weapons, right? Yeah. Cam Sims starting to look better, isn't he? Yeah. Terry McLaurin, I always knew he was good. We all know that anyway, but I really feel like now to be hurt to emerge as a number one receiver in this league, which is great, which means you can game plan around him. The problem is who's throwing him the football. That's the biggest challenge. I I think that it it, it is on Scott Turner to devise a really good game plan, but if you don't have either the offensive line playing well or you don't have a quarterback that can get these guys the ball, then you're going to suffer regardless. So, Personnel-wise, right now you have what you have. You're going to have to have some consistency, and that's where I struggle with Ron Rivera. That's who I was alluding to with saying all this because I don't know if if he's figured it out yet in Washington. Even in Carolina, we already knew, especially from, from, from my perspective as somebody who roots for an NFC South team, he's always had questionable decision-making. 
always when it, from a personnel standpoint. Now, again, people will say he led a team to a Super Bowl. Well, it worked out at that point. But right now, <laughs> you're at a franchise that's clearly trying to rebuild. But then again, he's saying, wait, we, we, we kind of win a division. So that's where people are confused, and it still isn't cleared up yet. I'm hoping that moving forward, because after this week, the consensus was, all right, this is a rebuild. Let's keep it moving. As Wally said, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. Yo, I, it, nah, what can you do? Yeah, but it gets to the point where what you're referring to, like you're coming off of a bye week, and yeah, like you saw, and the Giants didn't come off a of bye week. They knew, all right, we're going to attack, you know, curl, you know, and it worked. You know, they got matches with Ingram on them, and uh, Ingram and Ingram scored a touchdown. Um, but then you're looking at the Giants' weakness in terms of like pass protection. You didn't really bring that much pressure, or you didn't like play tight. Like you made it easy for Daniel Jones, a guy that has you know has issues making you know fitting in the tight windows and whatnot. You gave him soft coverage a lot, and he found and he got to pick it up, um, pick it up, pick up, pick apart that defense. You didn't play tight up, tight up, tight up, man. You had. Uh, Kendall Fuller, the best, your best DB, playing off of a dude, a young wide receiver in Mac out of Ohio State, who's just trying to get his feet wet. Why are you having your best cornerback play off on a wide receiver that's not even been, has not, has not even done anything in the league yet? So I'm looking at this situation where, like, all right, as even as you, uh, we're looking at Rivera as a defensive-minded coach and Jack, and Jack Del Rio. I didn't think they made the the necessary. Uh, moves to make to put this defense in the best situation. Daniel Jones has turned the football over easily, and you decide to bring no put no pressure on him. Like you, like the only thing, the only kind of pressure you put put on, put on him typically throughout most of the game was going with your front four. And then when you did put pressure on him or try to on that big third down play where uh, Cameron Curl got the sack, you brought pressure. Like if you had did that most of the game, you would have had. You would have had Daniel Jones looking left and right and being worried about the pressure rather than letting him sit back and, and pick apart the defense at times. All right, radio silence. We good? No. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, uh, no it, 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 um, you brought up an interesting point. Um, and just about every game Daniel Jones played in, he's turned the ball over once, mm-hmm. right? Had a very high turnover rate as a starting quarterback in the NFL, but it's it's confusing to me where a team who views their defense as the strength of this team wasn't able to get to Daniel Jones and generate enough pressure and turn the ball over against a guy who's historically is known to be turn over the ball. Mm-hmm. It's when you on top of that with a very poor offensive line. True. And then you add on top of that a running game that has essentially been non that non-existent. Um, You're right. Non-existent um during the season outside of Daniel Jones breaking open plays on the RPO on run pass options. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. You had Alfred Morris, you know, looked like he was back in 2012. You, and he wasn't, and he didn't get a bunch of carries, but he had explosive runs, even trucked, um, Darby. So uh, it gets to a point where, like, like we said this before, Will, like, you, you get, you, you've done well against the sisters of the poor defensively. You've done well, you know, against the Eagles, who had a banged up offensive line, uh, the Dallas Cowboys, who had, you know, issues with the offensive line in terms of health, too. This Giants team was a little, um, a little, ba- ba- uh, beaten up. 
and it was a weak offensive line, but you didn't take advantage of it. Like it, it was a big game for this Washington football team, and you didn't come out to play well, for whatever reason, schematically or you know guys one on one. Now they did get sacks in that game, but that's you. You needed to dominate that game. You need to have the same impact that you had against the Dallas Cowboys a couple weeks ago. Like you need to have that impact because I think we said this before. I think we said this last week. Will like for this team to win against the Giants, the defensive that front four has to dominate, and they did not dominate. You needed to dominate because Ron Rivera, as the coach, three or four weeks ago, you made you said we're making the change to Kyle Allen because we want to give the other fifty-one guys or fifty-two guys on the roster an opportunity to win. Where you now, granted, you definitely had a change of quarterback um, from Kyle Allen to Alex Smith, but the offense was a component of you losing, but the defense, I would say, is just a large, uh, even a bigger component to um, you know, you getting you coming out of there with the L no, instead I, of the W. No, I agree. I know a lot of people saying, like, the defense didn't play bad, but they didn't do what they needed to do. Like, they were big. Like, Alex Smith was coming back. You know, he was coming back. Uh, they got a touchdown. And then they give up a they they then the Giants move the length of the field to get a field goal and you're thinking to yourself like that's the time you need to stop that that Giants offense this off that Giants offense didn't have again they're not the new they're not the New Orleans Saints offense they're not the Atlanta Falcons I'll throw a plug the rate offense they're not the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense they're not the Baltimore Ravens offense they're not an offense that scores easily you know what I mean and the Washington Football Team. Had they made that Giants offense forget forget points moving move up and down the field quite easily. So I'll keep talking again. I have next question. I have another question. Yeah. I'll have another one more question. Okay. <laughs> All right, man. So <laughs> Coach Rivera already stated after the game that Alex Smith is going to be the starting quarterback. Dwayne Haskins will be the backup um, because I'm, I'm, Allen is out for the season. Uh, your thoughts on that? Um, clearly, the only thing I can deduct from that is clearly there's something that is going on with Dwayne's preparation, his practice habits, um, that Ron Rivera isn't seeing that would allow him to be put on the field at this point, right? Mm -hmm. Because if we think about it, Alex, we know who Alex Smith is, right? Mm -hmm. Now, granted, he he got off to a 6-3 and start under uh, Dre Gruden. This team uh, kind of, this team, not kind of, he floundered out, didn't reach the playoffs. Um, He got injured, then they drafted Dwayne Haskins. Um, The bigger question to me is, what is it that Ron Rivera is not seeing from Dwayne Haskins that will prompt him to put him on the field for the rest of the rest of the season and see what he has yeah. to truly make a determination over the last what seven games of seven or eight games of this season if Dwayne Haskins can be that guy for you going forward. Yeah. The report that Dwayne is working hard now, staying yeah. staying late, um, working extra with the receivers, trying to show coach that he's changing his his method of preparation. So I think that's a, a really good sign from a guy who's had maturity issues, and also speaks to his character 
basically saying, I'm getting what you're telling me. I still think that bridge is burned, mm-hmm. but with a support system in place, meaning your agent, your parents, the right people in your ear, I believe Dwayne has that. He's, he's probably being advised to continue to be a professional and learn to grow as a professional. Because look at who's in front of you. Your your opportunity may come again. It's a it's a high probability that Alex Smith may not finish a game. So he has to be ready. He has to be ready. And and I know that we're not necessarily wanting to win a division, uh, meaning the the franchise, the fans, whatever. But winning football games is important regardless. And if Dwayne can step in, let's say if Alex Smith can't finish a game because of injury or poor play or whatever, mm-hmm. then he'll be able to maximize that. And they'll still look pretty good in a bad division. But right now, it's just take care of the things that you're being criticized on. Learn from the constructive criticism and learn from your your, your negative experiences so far in, in the in the National Football League. Well, yep. Well, Alex, Alex gets another shot against the Detroit Lions. We'll preview that game after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports saying. For ages. You dig? Deuces. Man, you're listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Ray, Will T, and Wole, now part of Sports Journey, uh, SportsJourney.com. The Washington football team takes on the Detroit Lions Sunday. What improvements would you like to see from the from Washington? One thing for me, and one thing only: time of possession. Look at what happened against the Giants. The Giants held the ball way too long. So, Alex Smith, your job is to move the chains. Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, whoever's running the ball is not going to be Peyton Barber. We're seeing that clearly. Keep keep the chains moving. Get first downs. Execute on third down. I think you have to at least at least have, let's say, 60% success rate on third down in order to keep this Lions offense off the field because you know as the game wears on, your defense may not be able to hold them, but you know your defense is good enough to win football games. So that's the key. Time of possession against the Giants. That 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 killed them. Better to piggyback off of what you said, um, on the other side of the ball, a better effort from your defensive line to stop mm-hmm. the run. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you allowed Alfred Morris, a guy who hasn't, you know, who hasn't um, done a lot in this league since he's left Washington to run the ball at a clip of, I think, six yards per carry. Him and Wayne Gall, mm-hmm. Wayne Gallman, they, you know, they had their way with the defensive line. You know, their offensive line, Giants offensive line had a way with the uh, Washington football team's defensive line. So stop the run to um, and get the – and get the Detroit Lions in third and long. I don't know if Matt Stafford is playing this yeah, con- week yeah, upcoming. Con- yeah, the concussion, right? But you'll be fit. Huh? The concussion, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
but there's there's a high probability that they'll be facing Chase Daniel. Um, Chase Daniels is um, a capable backup, but let's not make any mistakes and say he's a the caliber of a starting NFL quarterback. He hasn't shown us anything that he he hasn't shown us that he is capable of being a starting NFL quarterback. So Ron Rivera and that defensive line put pressure on Chase Daniels, close down those windows, those passing windows for him. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Ray, uh, Will Alpha Morris averaged six, uh, seven, seven yards a carry. Jeez. Ooh, oh, excuse me. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. Bruh. Adrian Peterson is motivated just to know this. Oh, motivated. you know it, Roy, I didn't even speak about that. Yeah, you know what? That is a very good point. <laughs> AP is coming. To, oh, yeah, they're going to AP's town now. Did they have to stop the run? I agree with everybody. They got to stop the run. Uh, dang, AP about to be a problem. I forgot about AP. He about to be a serious problem. Um, and then also – Back to on the offensive side of the ball, they got to run the football. Regardless, any which way they got to do it, they got to run the football because because and they got to be committed to it. Against against the against the Giants, they only rushed the ball nine times. And I don't. And that's the thing. You keep acting like you have a Brady or a Breeze or a Aaron Rodgers. You don't have or a Russell a Russell Wilson. You don't have those dudes. So why do you throw the ball thirty five to you know or forty times a game? kills me like when you don't have that guy that's like asking the titan say that well say like the, the reason why it works well for the titans and Tannehill because you're not asking Tannehill to win you football games you're asking him to manage and you have i mean luckily you have a great running back but still you know his capability you like you know he's not there to throw the ball for 35 to 40 times a game same in this situation alex alex smith kyle allen whoever is that whoever your quarterback is try to have some balance Whatever which way you can do it, have some balance. Because you having that quarterback drop back and throw thirty some odd times, that's a losing. It's a it's a losing uh, equation. It's a losing equation. So have some balance. Try to you know try to come have it. And this is goes to Scott Turner. Some balance. Some some decent play actions at, at, at critical times. And so your quarterback can take advantage of it. And you need your tight ends to step up. <laughs> if it's if it's uh, Logan Thomas after having a great game against the Cowboys, he had a stinker against the Giants. So getting some consistency from their playmakers outside of Scary Terry and Cam Sims, they need those dudes to step up because this offense, as we've seen throughout this season, isn't good enough to 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 overcome mistakes. Uh, good enough to overcome three and outs, and good enough to over to overcome turnovers. They're not that kind of offense. They aren't, but then again, you know, you made an interesting point, Cam Sims. Um, I want to see more. I want to see him featured more, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. I want to see Cam Sims featured more. And one thing that we know for sure about Alex Smith, he's he's comfortable and he's more in his groove when he can make throws to the tight end. So Logan Thomas, let's get, you know – Scott Turner, one of the one of his initiatives this week is, should be to get the ball to Logan Thomas more. True. Step up. And just folks just gotta step up. All right, we're going to basketball. Could the Wizards do a sign and trade with Davis Bertans? We'll discuss this after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports Scene. For ages. You dig? Deuces. What you say like? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got him back in the vision, no cataracts in my pupil. Don't understand my decision, so I don't need your approval. I'm a motherfucking villain, just like you see in the movie. But still, I'm up, keep up, stay low key like a casino. Hit no 
back, I'm full of that primo bad Drinking no pinot and margarita bikinis in different cities. You seen it with Nick and Serena. Lick it, it's too empty. I see to the line between a maniac and a genius. Fill up arenas, promoters. We take that to the cleaner. Two decades straight, a hundred show, hundred K at the gate. A night of peace, capiche, bread bigger than me. On the road to riches and diamond rings, we're real. Move things on private planes. I say you're looking for me, I be sucker ducking your loop. Looking for me, I be sucker ducking your loop. Ride through the city, honey, care on the seat. Shining like in b- bikinis, Sunday day on the beat. Pray on the week, never. I'ma find a way to stay on my feet. Hand on my heat, West Atlanta, rubber bands on my back. Man, I been beefing with my daughter, man, I'm dealing with. Then lock my country playing, going killers. I put my bitch out like I'm Martin in my feelings. Another day of a dope boy, a hundred million cheap. Road to riches, diamond ring, real move things on private plane. You know I would trap a working at early. Count my money, multiply, hurry back at a five. Five, we be riding on the highway, blowing big. Looking for me, I've been sucker ducking your look. Go by him, Ellie, my young mother. Getting at a drama, we ain't going back and forth, but the real friend. Talking to the big cap, I won't listen to him. They get kidnapped when nobody paid a ransom for him. Ain't never been a pawn, always been a king. And I ain't never gave a damn what a nigga think. On the road to riches and diamond rings, we're real. Move things on private planes. I say you're looking for me, I be sucker ducking your loop. Looking for me, I be sucker ducking your loop. Ride through the city, honey, care on the seat. Shining like in bikini, Sunday day on the beat. Pray on the week, never. I'ma find a way to stay on my feet. Hand on my heat, West Atlanta, rubber bands on my bankroll. You're listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Will T. Ray Wole, now part of Sports Journey, SportsJourney.com. Uh, NBC Sports Washington, Chase Hughes has reported that Davis Bertans is expected to receive interest from multiple teams willing to do a sign-and-trade deal with the Wizards. Should the Wizards do this or keep Davis Bertans? I'll start with Will. <laughs> oh, man. No, nah, go start with Ray. Sorry, right. I'll go with Ray. No, no, no. Because Will has the same about he... I'm just laughing because, because we already know where those I know, that's why I want to start with him. <laughs> that's, no, that's, that's why I think this is hilarious. This brings back the three Halliburton memories. <laughs> That's the reason no, I, I'm a Bullets fan. You just said it, Wally. <laughs> no, um, to, to, be, to be honest with you, I, I, I don't think that it, I'll say I said it before. I'll say it again. If you could sign Davis Bertans at a reasonable price, that a market value price, which is to me seven to maybe nine million a year, yes, you keep him. But. Because we know the market, players are going to demand on the higher end of the spectrum, he'll most likely command $15, $17 million a year. I would not pay him that much. I'm sorry. He's a, he's a great shooter. He's you know 6'11", 7 feet, but he's a one-dimensional player. He cannot put the ball on the ground. He cannot defend a rim. And he is not a particularly aggressive rebounder or defender on the block. I, I wouldn't do it. So much, this is a question for Tommy Shepard, because what I need to know is, what's the direction of the franchise? If you're keeping Brooks on as the coach, if you feel as though you can win a championship with Scott Brooks as your head coach, then I'm not keeping Davis Bertans, because the biggest weakness on this basketball team is defense. And 
when Team C, oh, Mo Wagner, and Davis Bertans on the floor, and, and Tom and, and Thomas Bryant, who I love by the way, but he just can't jump. When I see <laughs> when, when I see them on the floor together, and Yam Mahimi, these I mean other teams are licking their chops, knowing they're going to be able to score because this team just can't defend. You have to work with team defense, and with Davis Bertans again, like Will said, and like Troy, the, the point he made months ago. Davis Bertans is perfect for today's game. He spreads the floor. He's a deep shooter. He's exactly what you want. Yeah, but you can't stop nobody. You're not going to win. So you need to change your philosophy. But if we're going to rebuild, if we're still looking and evaluating Scott Brooks, then I'm okay with keeping Davis Bertans going to the future because maybe you hire a different coach. Maybe you get Sam Cassell to come back to D.C. I don't know. But that's a question, again, for the, for the general manager or the president, whatever you want to call him. And it starts – Thursday with the draft. Who are you going to draft? I'm be interested to see who they select or if they trade up. Whatever move they make is going to be important and it may signal what they plan to do going forward, especially during these times with, with Corona and the changing salary cap with the change in revenue. There's a lot of factors that now come into play with your decision making beyond basketball, which sucks because basketball alone. Is a lot for this team because they haven't been successful as a recent. But you do have talent. You have a motivated wall coming back. So I'm hoping that they'll make the right decision and they'll maximize the prime of Bradley Bill. Yeah, it gets to I guess that's the thing, and we'll get to the draft too, right? You 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 brought up a good topic actually to talk about. Um, but looking at you mentioned Wall, I just I just think that Davis, Bertans, and Wall are are great fit. You know, Wall is definitely made. I think Wall has made, and we're looking at other small forwards that he's played with, like Otto Porter, um, Trevor Ariza, Paul Pierce. When he came, when he you know came to DC, he's helped out a lot of small forwards. You know, once he's driving and kicking for those guys to get open set threes, and you got to shoot like Davis Bertans, and you got to worry about John Wall, you know, going full speed to the hole, and he'll find you because Wall is one of the traditional point guards that we do have in the NBA. You know, like him or hate him, folks who you know aren't fans of John Wall, he is. Is one of the pure traditional point guards in the NBA who is a guy who looks to pass first. You know what I mean? So he has made small forwards a lot of money in this game. And then, you know, add in, add in Bradley Bill, who continues to improve as a basketball player. You got, you got something there. I'm not saying that Bertans is going to be, you know, all like that piece of a big three or whatnot. But I do think in terms of fit, he does fit John Wall's game. So if I'm thinking of putting together a team that, you know, that fits, you know, my star players, then I would definitely think about keeping Davis Bertans, depending on what you're going to bring back in. Now, if you have a trade and a signing trade deal where you can get a similar player or a player who can a lights out shooter that matches a deal or some draft picks or whatnot, or whatever that may be, then, yeah, you make you pull the trigger. It just depends on, you know, who that team is, you know, who that team is and who they're involving in the trade. But, I'll say this. I think David, offensively speaking, I think you both make great arguments in terms of defense. The Wizards don't have enough defenders. They don't really have lockdown defenders like what Ray said. And, you know, you, you're bringing in Mo, Mo, Mo Wagner and then you have uh, Thomas Bryant. If you look at their plus, their plus minus and on the defensive side of, of the basketball court, they're not really that good. They're not really that good defensively speaking. So. Yeah, I think, yeah, they, they do hurt defensively, but you look at offense with John Wall, you know, Bertans is a player that fits what they want to do. Now, if they keep a Bertans, then they're going to have to bring in other defensive players to kind of mask and hide him. 
So I'll ask you the same question, I guess, I I, I posed to Troy when he was on the show. Oh, memories. Go ahead. <laughs> what is it that Davis Bertans does? I love this dude. That you can't easily find someone else to do. Now, outside right. of him being 6'10 right. or 6'11, 7 feet. Yeah. Offensively, from a skill set perspective, right. what did he? What does he do that you that cannot be easily replicated? That would make you willingly invest fifteen to seventeen million dollars a year in him. All right, so this I, I can answer that question. So what I like about Davis Bertans, because I'm not sure I, I can I can I can ask that, answer that question easily. Um, <laughs> what, I can, I can. Like I've seen this dude play, and, I, and he and he surprises. He surprised me. So what he can do is one. He's one of the best. He's one of the better shooters in the NBA. Like there, there aren't that many shooters better than Davis Bertans. There are a lot of good shooters in the NBA, but at that height, to be able to get your shot off, quick release. Um, if you look at the the the, the sense of difficulty on his on his threes, and you know in terms of you know if you grow, the, the excuse me the degree of difficulty on his threes, they're not easy threes. Like they're, they're contesting a lot, and he can still make them with ease. And then to be honest with you, once he if he once he puts the ball on the court, like he if he has a defender commit to to the three, and they go and he can just drive by him, he will bang on you. He will bang on you. He is not scared. He's not that type of timid basketball player, which I like. I like players who who aren't just shooters that are willing to mix it up and not scared of the smoke. He's not scared of the smoke, and he'll do it. So what I like about him is he's gutsy. He's got a quick release, and he can make difficult threes. And if you ask and you add that to to match up with John Wall, it's just a perfect fit. So all that all that around, all that together that in that mixing pot, I think, like, if you want – if you are – like it's an argument to keep Davis Bertans because I think with all that mixed in, knowing who you have as your point guard, knowing who you have, and and Bradley Beal, so that's gonna take that's gonna that's gonna take some some attention off of him alone. So he'll get open, he'll get more open shots. It just to me, it's a it's a good fit if they want to keep him. If they don't want to keep him, again, the offer if there's a there's a sign and trade offer that you can get a, a good shooter, a, some defenders to match up with that contract and the sign and trade because contracts have to equal up. Then yeah, you do the trade. I mean, because I think you both have great points to a point where this team doesn't play play a lick of defense. So if you can mix in some defenders who can shoot the three, maybe a three and D player, a real three and D player, not no Tucker who can only shoot from one side of court. I'm talking about a real three and D player that can shoot from any angle on the three and can still defend. Then I, I'm not gonna argue that like a Trevor Ariza type of player that would work. So in essence, you're saying he's a, a great shooter. Yeah, because I asked for one trade. <laughs> I know. I'm going to give you a lot, though. See, look, look I'm going to give you a lot, Will T, because I'm going to tell you when. No, when I'm I just want to I just want to be crystal clear. You're saying he's a great shooter. A great. Yeah, more and all, all in all, he's a great shooter that will bang on you. Yes. Okay. <laughs> all right. Okay. It's interesting, Will, because you keep asking, like, who, who, and I'm going to ask that. I'm sorry, but you, you, you make us ponder. Who could replace Davis Breton? I, I know make somebody. It like he's very replaceable. Now, there, there may be some guys. You may be able to come up with a few guys. And then there's another argument out there that will highlight teams that are successful that don't have guys like Davis Breton, such as, let's say, the Pool and Trailblazers. They have two elite guards that lead that squad, and they have a good coach, and they play defense. So that means you can be successful, especially in the Eastern Conference, when you're playing against teams like Philly, in Boston, who are, who are tough defensively, right. you're going to need to make sure 
that you show up your, your depth and that you show up your defense and that you have a couple of elite guys, which we feel like the Wizards have, why can't you replicate that model in a, in a weaker conference? That's my question. And I respect that. And that's a very great, that's a very good point, right? But with your failing, no, what you're oh. leading out when you're making uh-huh. a comparison to the Portland Trailblazers is, yes, they have two um, elite guards, as does Washington, but they aren't paying a guy to stand and shoot, stand in the corner and shoot threes $17 million a year. Right. So they're able to break that salary down of that one seventeen million dollar player into a bunch of different pieces, which can make them successful over the long term. And that yield and that put a seventeen to twenty million dollar investment in one player, especially right. one player who's only to me, whose only strength is his ability to shoot threes. Right, that's my right? point. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm agreeing with you, basically saying that yeah. that this isn't what Portland is doing, and you're you're built similar to Portland. Exactly. Yeah. That and that that's my like. Look, if Davis Berton were a six foot six foot eleven guy who can drain threes, but you could who could also play with his back to the basket, and you could also run post run offense, initiate offense through the high post, I would be all for it. I would say let's let's do it. But when you're the Wizards and you have a lot of holes on your roster, I just don't necessarily think paying one guy all this money who is still a defensive liability, is not a uh, a great rim protector at his size, and is not a strong rebounder at his size, it just doesn't make sense to me. So um, I posted this on our social media platform, the same question, uh, and this was posted on Urban Sportsing on Twitter, our Urban Sportsing Facebook group and a Facebook page and our Facebook group. Um, Brad, that's at Brad NFL NBA, uh, tweeted us that uh, Berton should be traded, but only for a first round pick. If trade if trading t- if trading team is a perennial playoff team, compensation should include a second rounder. Thoughts. I don't think that's your, I don't necessarily think that's your, you know, how you should gauge trade value. You know, if it's a, if it's a playoff team, first rounder, if it's not, if it's a bottom dweller like the Wizards, second rounder. No, I think you have to evaluate how you feel is about him as a player. And then you try to recoup value off of that. Me, do I think he's a guy that, you know, makes your team better? Absolutely. But is he a guy that makes your team better at the cost of 17 to 20 million? No. So if you can get a team that is interested in him, look, I'm not going to say Davis Pertons doesn't have upside. He's 27 years old. He's just starting to come into his own. Um, but if you could find a team that would give you another young player and, you know, two twos or a one, I say go for it. Yeah, we'll see, man. We'll see. All right. Devin Haney dominated Gamboa Saturday night. However, 
Was his performance impressive? <laughs> that is the question. We'll talk about the fight after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports Scene. For ages. You did. Deuces. Come on, man. Listening to the urban sports scene with Wole, Will T, Ray Jeezy, now part of Sports Journey. Last Saturday, in a unanimous decision, Devin Haney defeated Yoriokis Gamboa um, easily, quite easily. Uh, what did I'm gonna start? Let me start with Will. What did you think of Haney's performance? <laughs> I'll let Ray start. Oh, let's go, Ray. Man, go, Ray. Disappointed. Hey, it's all right. Disappointed that you didn't get the start first. Yeah, Ray, you start first, man. I'm sorry. I apologize. You you misread the situation. It's just you know I I love your take on different topics. Well, obviously, Uh, here's the thing. I want to first note that Devin Haney's only 21 years old, bro. So he's got an extremely bright future ahead of him. However, the question going into the weekend was what? Can we now mention him after this performance, mention him in the same breath as Tank Davis, Ryan Garcia, Tiafimo Lopez? And the result of this fight, to me, said no. It's funny. When I think about the old passing the torch to the new or ushering in a new era, we think of when a young MJ knocked off an older Magic Johnson leg because they dominated them. When we think about you real extra, well, you real extra with that. You real extra with that. Hulk Hogan lost. <laughs> you real Hulk Hogan couldn't land a leg drop when he lost Ultimate Warrior and he had to ride <laughs> out thing. And, he, and Ultimate Warrior <laughs> celebrated. It was the passing of the guard, baby. This was not a passing of the guard. Gamboa was finished. I shouldn't even compare Gamboa. So but Gamboa was done for when he walked into the weigh-in, bro. Like he 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 had like a a, a bigger belly. He just did not look like he was ready to fight. He held a lot. I just felt like it was a bad opponent and it wasn't a good showing for Devin Haney, who I, I get it. He boxed and he dominated, but he was supposed to dominate. And to me, he should have stopped Gamboa. He had to in order to be even considered to be in the same class as Tiafimo Lopez, who just dominated Lomachenko. And of Tank Davis, who knocked a, a, a game Leo Santa Cruz almost unconscious. I don't even think it's a debate here, Will. <clears throat> So, Wally, Wale, what was the question again? <laughs> oh. <laughs> what did you think of Haney's performance? <laughs> okay. 
what did I think of Haney's performance? Not Haney's performance compared to Tiafimo Lopez. Haney's performance compared to Javante Tank Davis. What do I think of Haney's performance in this fight against Gamboa? Mm-hmm. I think my from my perspective, what I saw, I thought Haney pressed the action. He took his spot. He took his shots. He boxed responsibly, and he boxed very well mm-hmm. against Gamboa. Now you're asking me what his performance, not his performance versus anyone else's, what his performance against Gamboa was. Now, True. Ray, you 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 did bring up some very interesting points that Gamboa did not seem from a mental stand and all, and from the looks of him possibly physically, as if he was in um, the best shape or condition to fight Haney, to fight a, uh, a fight against a, champ- a, a championship boxer. <clears throat> but what Haney did was Haney, like I, when I texted you guys the other day, he picked his spots, <clears throat> he dominated the action, mm-hmm. he pressed the action forward, and boxing, as I've always said, and Wole, you laugh about it. It's called the sweet science. No, I'm with right? you. I agree with you. I don't it's, laugh at it's that. It's about angles. I don't laugh at it. It's about angles <laughs> and picking your shots. Yeah. And which I think, from my perspective, Devin Haney did a very good job doing. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, if we take that isolated for what it is, Devin Haney fought a, a great fight against a once great fighter. So he got a, he got a name on his resume as he continues to step up the level of competition he faces, and he begins to build that resume into hopefully becoming <clears throat> a pay per view fighter, uh, a prime time fighter, a guy who headlines cards um, amongst some of the the, the greats in boxing. Will, you're crazy, man. I, I agree that, again, <laughs> I, I agree that, that he boxed well. I said that, too. I did say that, and I said he was young. But you just highlighted my whole point. The whole purpose of him fighting Gamboa, who already fought who? Crawford and Tank, was to, was to basically show the world that he's in the upper echelon of fighters. That's why they wanted to fight Gary Russell <clears throat> Jr. This is, this is the point they're, they're making. We want to show that Devin is a headliner, and if that was the goal, I don't think they achieved it. That's that's what I'm saying. He didn't look. Did he show that he was a headliner by making a spectacular knockout? No. Did he show he was a headliner by um, landing a large quantity of power shots that you know um, put Gamboa that you know did knock Gamboa down? No. But did he show? Uh, I'm not going to say masterful boxing performance. That's not that's not the word I'm looking for. But did he show? Um, it was impressive. From a technical step. And technically, he was yes, impressive. A very impressive technically boxing performance <laughs> against Gamboa. I think he did. No, technically he was. Yeah, he can be he can be rigged out if he wants to. That's fine. That's no, fine. technically, my all right, this is my thing about it. Like I, this is y'all ain't know how I feel about folks using Gamboa. Like I think I think people just need to like on the resume. Like I I can't I can't take it anymore. Like that's just how I feel about Gamboa. Like and I, and I used to like Gamboa. Like and that's just how I feel about Gamboa. Like when he fought Bud, I was like, all right, you know, when he fought Bud, 
When he fought Bud, I, that was the best game bowl you're going to get in a long time. Like that, I'll give you that. But when Tank, I was when, when I saw Bud, I mean Tank and Gambo, I was I rolled my eyes. And then when I saw this, I was like, all right, this is just enough. Like there's gatekeepers and there's dudes who just done. And that's not he's not even a gatekeeper. He's just done. And it's like, all right, we going to use Gamboa well, as a gatekeeper. And I'm like over that. But like, that's but you can't say that. But but, but this with, is the with. thing, Wole, you can't say that because coming into this fight, yeah. The only fights he lost were against two elite yeah. fighters. Will, but I know what you're saying, well, bro. Not, but we know, well, I, like, come on, Will. I, I just can't, I, <laughs> I can't totally agree with that because right. coming into this fight, Bud Crawford and Javante Davis, if you were to say a guy won 30 fights, yeah, yeah, but the only two guys he lost against were Javante Tank Davis and Terrence Bud Crawford, you would say, oh, this guy is an elite-level competition. Yeah. This guy would make a great fight mm-hmm. for any fighter who is a champion or ascending his way up the ladder to be a champion, yeah. which Devin Haney is. Yeah. I know. I get your Devin point. Devin Haney yeah. put on an, an impressive boxing performance. Yeah. Was it masterful? No. Did he have a big knockout? No. Did he have multiple knockdowns? No, but what did he did? What did Devin Haney do? He boxed. He boxed. Yeah, I don't argue. He boxed with, yeah. very well, and yeah. it was very impressive. Now he boxed well. Like I, when I watched it, I told you when I watched it, he boxed. I was like, he boxed well. My issue with the Gamboa thing is that we all got eyes. Like that's one thing. Like we all have eyes. Like I will give you the Bud drink. I thought he came to fight for Bud. Like he wanted to fight Bud. Like he it, it was what he wanted to fight Bud. The last two, he he wasn't trying to fight for real. Like we 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 saw, we definitely know he wasn't trying to fight against Devin Haney. Like we know that. Like for whatever reason, for whatever reason, you can talk about the like holding towards the later parts of the round. Whatever reason it was, it was like he was happy to be there. Like he was happy to be there. And against Tank, it was the same thing. Like he's not at this point in his in time of his career, he's not he's Gamboa, but he's not the same Gamboa. She's just not the same Gambo. It is what it is. And people know it. And they know it. So they, they, they fight him to put him on the resume. There's, but there's certain, no, but, but there's certain dudes who my, my thing is there's certain gatekeepers though, that there is an element that you can lose. There is an element. There is a real element. There is a real chance because they are still fighting at a high level. Even the dudes that they are losing to or they are, con- they are very competitive too. Like that's the thing. They are gatekeepers who are very competitive. You may beat them, but they are very competitive. And my thing about Gamboa, he is not competitive. That is the problem. He is just not competitive. The, there are gatekeepers who are really competitive. They'll take the L, yeah. But when you watch it, you're like, yo, he put out a good fight. This dude was just flat out better. Okay, that's fair. But, but, I'll say this. Coming into this fight, mm-hmm. now granted, he was coming off of the Achilles injury. Yeah. But again, if you look at Gamboa's record, you look at the quality of fighters Gamboa fought mm-hmm. prior to that Achilles injury against Javante Davis, you would say, okay, this is a good fight to for Devin Haney to test himself against. Mm-hmm. A step up in competition. That's facts. It's a step up. It is a step up for what he's been saying. But yeah, but you know, and and I and I do and I do put the caveat in. He's coming off of the Achilles tear. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So you you're not you didn't see the same Gamboa who was as explosive and who was as dynamic with his punching power and his ability to move in the ring. 
That's true. That we would that we historically had saw. That we historically saw. But if we take it at face value, and I know we just can't take it at face value, we have to add that caveat of the torn Achilles. Look, it was a good performance. Yeah, I it mean, was a performance that, that makes you say, okay, I want to see this championship boxer more. I want to see him with another step up in a level his level of competition. So it goes. When boxers talk, do we listen, bro? Huh? That's what I want to know because if you watched Haney on Fight Hype, bro, uh-huh. all he talked about was I need to close the show faster than Tank did, and I need to show that I can knock him out, and my power is better than this person and that person. Well, he said that no. Was the whole right, right, right. He said day, he said bro. he was going to try. He was going to outperform Bud Crawford. That's what he said. He said he was going to outperform exactly. Bud. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. Hey, I mean, yeah, for him, I think he's. Dis- I think he's. I, I think we both can agree on this. Like, like we look at it both ways. Like, let's just say, just summarize. We both, we all are saying that if you're looking at a technical fight, he he actually did fight a good fight. Real talk, like technically speaking, he fought a good fight. Um, but is it the is it the performance that we expected him to have? Like we look at Gamboa as a dude that you can drop, not to say you can knock out, but you can drop, and he didn't go. He didn't touch the canvas, not just not once. Um, so when you look at it. From that 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 point of view, and comparing it to what Lopez has done, you know, fighting, you know, fighting uh, Loma, Lomo, or and also um, what Tank did to Santa Cruz, you're thinking, okay, well, these young dudes, they doing it. You fought Gamboa, and you couldn't even put him on the ground. So now you're looking at like, all right, that performance, which just wasn't good enough to a point where you've been hyping yourself to be. And we all know about Ryan, Ryan Garcia and his punching power. So. Yeah, like for him, I think internally, I'm sure he's not happy with his performance and about not knocking him out. But at the same time, we're looking at boxing and him boxing to Will's point, And I'm going to be real to Will's point. Yeah. If you're looking at critiquing his his boxing, it was great. But looking at the competition, the expectation for the fight fans and pundits is to hit for them to for him to at least put him on the canvas. I'm not even saying a knockout, but for him, the, for him to at least put him on the canvas. I know we don't have a lot of time left, but I, I just have one one thing. Uh, a wise person once told me, <laughs> expectations and comparisons are the mother of all disappointment. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Go ahead, write what you want to say. Well, here's the thing. When it comes to that, we have no choice because we, we had a pause of, um, from sports because of the pandemic. And lately, some of the guys that compare – themselves to each other, which again is the Garcia's, the Haney's, the, yeah. the, the Tank Davis, they've been going back and forth. These guys are fighting and it's been some spectacular stuff going on. And Haney wanted to be part of that group. But the point I wanted to make was, did you see Devin Haney and Bill Haney's body language afterwards? They were was, disappointed. They, they were disappointed. They were. They I, weren't I, happy. They weren't happy. I think Will is more optimistic than they are about this whole thing. I mean, you can go in and be rigged out, outbox somebody and, and, and feel good about it, but we're talking about making a lot of money. We're talking about Devin Haney promotions, a business, a, entertainment. It, it's a lot that factors into to what went into this. But from a pure boxing standpoint, I'll, I'll ride with my man Will T, man. Yeah. Appreciate you, brother. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I appreciate you too. I love, and, 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 to, and, and I'll close on this one note. Um, <laughs> the, the cash cow or the king of pay-per-view was not a knockout boxer. Who and Mayweather? How things? Yeah, Floyd Mayweather. But you do oh, see man, how that turned out for him. Hey, 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 but it's bruh, all good, bro. <laughs> bro, don't do that. 
Don't do that. Because pretty boy, because pretty boy Gotti, okay. come on, pretty boy Gotti. No, don't do that. Because when he beat Gotti, I put him on a whole different level, and he knocked out Gotti. He beat the crap out of Gotti. That put him on a and whole we, different and level. The difference between pretty boy and money. Too. Yeah, but we ain't even gonna go. We ain't going anyway. But I feel you though. I feel. So, I know so, what you're right. I know what you're saying. Because a boy of mine compared. Haney to Pretty Boy. Like now nah, I ain't going overtime, but I could though. Like, I got really that. <laughs> Will, 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 you almost got me on that. One. I ain't gonna lie, cause you got me. I was like, all right, never mind. We're not gonna do that. <laughs> We're not gonna do that. Hey, no, I'm just saying. I'm, you, I'm just saying. I know your that. point. I get it. I get it. Don't. Is, get it. is it a fair point? It's is a fair point. One? It's Go a fair ahead. point to a certain extent, but it's a difference because Pretty Boy was able to knock folks out. Like that's ah, oh, that's that. It's a it's a different one. It's a different. It's a different. There is a difference. Pretty boy pay per view was different. Wasn't the king? Pretty boy Floyd Mayweather wasn't the king of pay per view. Do you think what style? Yeah. What style? What style made him the king of pay per view? That oh man, outside out this out. Well, oh, that, that's non boxing stuff though. Too, Will. That too. Competition. All right. Competition did too. That too. All right. Yeah, that's, that, competition that's being real. Madonna. He didn't fight no daggone. Uh, Gamboa. <laughs> I can't think of his Gamboa. name. Gamboa. Hey, no, 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 no. But this too, though. This too, though. There's an element of outside of boxing and inside in the ring too. It's a combination of both, and that's what kind of got him pay per view. Like, like he, he's smart. Regardless of what people want to say, in terms oh, of making, yeah, he's smart. He knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. You add the skill, the pure boxing skill, to your point, the real pure boxing skill, and like we all talk about in the level of competition. And what he does outside the ring in terms of promoting the fight, talking all that trash about his opponent, making it seem that it's personal, but it's really not personal. It's all about making that money. You know, taking over Cinco de Mayo. Like, he know. He know what he's doing. That's a that's outside of boxing and in the ring. That's a combination. Okay. Well, all I, all I alluded to was a style <laughs> of fighting inside the ring where Floyd Mayweather got paid. Mm-hmm. And maybe the maybe the general public and the boxing public will attach to maybe. Devin Haney's style of boxing inside the ring also. Maybe. Everything else, the you know, personality, the lifestyle, you know, if Devin Haney is able to market himself properly, possibly he could turn into um one of the big pay per view draws. But I'm yeah. just talking about style inside the ring. That's all. I feel you, bro. I feel you, man. All right, we didn't get a chance to make our Week 10 NFL picks on air, uh, but you can find <laughs> our picks on the I football. don't make picks on air anymore. I, knew, I know you don't, but you can find our picks on <laughs> the Football Garbage Time website. So I know he does, though, <laughs> at www.footballgarbagetime.com. Uh, it's part of the foot, of the Urban Sports Day Football Garbage Time Challenge. Will T is, is still in second place. Congrats, Will T. Uh, I, yeah, I dropped the seventh place I, I'm, and raised the eighth. You know, I, I'm making my I'm making my way. I'm making up some ground, and um, <laughs> on, you don't have to see me. That's all. Hey, subscribe. Like Trump. Like Trump. <laughs> hey, hey, don't do that. Subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also, tweet tweet us at Urban Sports Scene to hit us up on our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Uh, and check out uh, the home of the Urban Sports Scene Sports uh, Sports Journey at SportsJourney.com. All right, man. Thanks. Thank you, everybody, for listening. You've been listening to the Urban Sports Scene for ages. Yeah, dig. Deuces. Hey, Mega, lead us out, big homie.
the swag, pledge allegiance to the swag.